Hey, this is Annie. And Samantha. And welcome to Stefan Never Told You, a production of iHeartRadio. Yes, and welcome to another edition of Happy Hour. Woo! <laughs> oh, I want to echo in that one. I don't know why. Christina, I need an echo in this one. <laughs> and uh, just at the very top, we, you know how we say keep it together-ish, meaning drink responsibly, however that applies to you, whatever way that applies to you, meaning if you don't need to be drinking, don't drink. If you don't need to be drinking caffeine, don't drink that. If you don't need to be listening to this, maybe not, don't, don't do that either. Who knows? <laughs> uh, just be responsible. Do what is best for you. 2022, at the beginning of the year-ish, we're going to keep it like that. Also, just another reminder, the uh, drinks typically, unless we are noting it, are not sponsored by whomever we are talking about. So this uh, rum is not our sponsor. And the rum we are specifically talking about today is Kasama Rum, which is a Philippines-based slash New York-based rum founded by Alexandra Dorda, whose family is all about good spirits. Actually, her father is uh, the founder of Belvedere Vodka. I think she is, from what I understand, Polish, and her mother is from the Philippines, so that is part of her heritage. Uh, so you can say this uh, that this industry is a part of her heritage, obviously. Uh, Kasama is the Filipino word for together, according to their site. I did see it also saying a companion, so like being together, friendship, I guess. And that was her intent uh, to bring people together over good drinks, sunshine, and good vibes. Go check out her site if you're questioning where I'm getting this. And the company describes the rum as, quote, distilled from freshly pressed noble cane juice, then aged in American oak barrels. Kasama has all the flavors of the tropics, sweet pineapple, a hint of vanilla, and just a pinch of sea salt. And, uh... Just in case you're wondering, Annie, in an interview uh, she did with Kitchen.com, the K-I-T-C-H-N.com, uh, she says about the rum, quote, the taste profile is very different from many other rums out there. The golden color is because it's an aged rum that lays for seven years in oak barrels. It's not heavily spiced and it's not overly sweet, which many consumers expect rum to be like. It's very light, it's very sippable, and it has really beautiful tropical notes of pineapple and vanilla. And yeah, in that same interview, she talked about how she wanted her brand to be a little different. And that typically we see, and she's right, the, the brands we see are like, you know, pirates and going out to sea and all these things. And she wanted to keep it tropical and fun. And, and the bottle in itself has some really beautiful colors. Uh, I really did like it a lot. Very much jumped out in front of me. I was like, yes, I need this rum. So, Andy, did you take a sip? I did take a sip. As I said before on past episodes, I like to take one sip straight to get a, a feel for it. And then I usually make a drink with it. And I agree with what Alexandra said. It's very, very sippable. It is sweet. Like it was sweet at the front, but it's not like mm -hmm. overly sweet. And I definitely picked up on that like kind of tropical vanilla thing. And I know we say this all the time, but it's true again. It was very smooth. Like it didn't really have much of a burn to right. it or anything. It just was like 
Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah, kind of that. Ooh. If that was yes. a, describes the emotion in my mouth, that's kind of yeah. what happened. <laughs> the sounds your mouth made. Uh, yeah, I definitely agree with that. Mm-hmm. He apparently really likes to do things with coconut water in the rum, mm-hmm. and I did see that in their recipe. So if y'all need some recipe ideas, they've got some amazing ones. And I definitely taste that coconut. That's at the ending with that vanilla, that very sweetness to it. But it has that little slight edge of the burn, but I think it's Liquor. Always yeah. liquor. But it's still smooth and definitely could be sipped over something. I could just put a pineapple, piece of pineapple in it. I think I'd be okay with it. Ooh, uh, very, yeah. Not too heavily oaky, surprisingly. I assumed it would be because it has sat in seven years in American oak. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't have that. It doesn't have that same bite, that typical oak that I do taste. I think it's more so of that sweet pineapple, sweet tropic type of uh, taste. And I do enjoy it. So... Good job, Alexandra. Uh, yeah, we, you and I are a little late to the game. We're like, oh, no, we are still taking this pandemic very seriously and not going out often. So that includes me not going to grocery shopping, but for every once a week, you once three weeks, I know. <laughs> uh, so what did you have in your cabinet to make your drink? And what did you make? Uh, <laughs> so all I really had was I had some lime juice and the sparkling water. And that's it. Delicious. I did. And it's it's very refreshing. And actually, the rum flavor is pretty. It shines in this. A lot of drinks I make, normally the liquor kind of fades to the background in one way or another. But this is nice. It's a nice, like, bright, I can still taste that kind of sweetness. So even though there's not much in this drink... Yeah. It's got a lot going on. (laughs) Yeah, I like it. No, that's one Mm -hmm. of the things that they talked about, just putting some uh, just lime and a little bit of juice of some some sorts. And she does that a lot. For me, I decided to create what I'm going to call Sam's Rum Creamsicle. Mm -hmm. You're welcome. Uh, Which essentially has, I squeezed two small mandarins, little cuties. Yeah. And into my little glass, and then I added an ounce and a half of the rum, and then I took my bubble water, but I love the pineapple flavor one, bubbly water, and I put Mm -hmm. like a splash of that, a good pour into it. And yeah, it tastes like a creamsicle. It is quite (laughs) delightful, a little sweeter, but had the acidity from the orange. Mm -hmm. So that is my now official drink that I'm going to call Sam's Rum Creamsicle. I love it. It feels like, once again, you're in your, like, coat that makes you look like an Arctic explorer. (laughs) But you're drinking this, like, very, (laughs) very beach, like, tropical drink of your own creation. It's bringing me a lot of joy. (laughs) You know, one of the things that she does talk about is branding. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something we need to think about often. Even though I hate it, it feels so cliche, especially in the industry you and I are in, because we've yeah. already been told we're social influencers. I'm like, how? I don't understand. I know. What? We are? <laughs> uh, yeah. So I'm very confused by this whole aspect of social influencers. I guess if we take it outside of social media and talk about it in a digital format, then mm-hmm. sure. But mm-hmm. I think, yeah, that's one of the things. So if you were to say what your brand was, oh. can you describe to me your brand? Oh, my I would say it is it is what I hope is charming awkwardness and <laughs> endearing but sometimes intense passions and a lot of them nerd based. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> like what's a good word for will not stop talking about 
thing she loves until you passionate. back away slowly. <laughs> passionate. <laughs> okay, yeah, passionate. I think something in there. I think the awkward is definitely a part of it. But yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think that's well, a good brand. You have a great <laughs> brand because people recognize and, and know you're easy to shop for. You're easy and hard in that I get better ideas because you have so much love for so many things. <laughs> but mm-hmm. it's diehard that it's almost like... This could go really, really wrong because I do this to my other friend, Dominique, who really is a big Auburn fan. Uh, mm-hmm. She has a sorority. Like, she has all these things. So, a little, I focus in a little too hard on those and get her catchy things mm-hmm. to the point that my mother would do that to me where I'm like, I said I liked it one time and every yeah. year I get it. Yep. I'm like, I can never get rid of this uh, and I don't love it, but okay. Mm-hmm. But all that to say is... You have so much love, and when you love something, you love it with all of your heart. (laughs) And it's a really beautiful thing, and you are a loyalist to it, but -hmm. you're still compassionate in that you want to teach others. So you are a passionate diehard. I like it. Thank you, That's that's your brand, I think. (laughs) Yeah, for me, I want to go with a lovable curmudgeon. I hope I'm lovable. (laughs) At least I'm going to say likable. Mm. Endurable. Mm -hmm. (laughs) <laughs> it's getting less and less as I yeah, think it's about it. Less no. and pump it back <laughs> up. Oh my God, it's getting less and less. <laughs> so I'm really struggling, and you and I have talked about this previously when we had episodes about being empathetic. And I'm not calling myself an empath. I, I'm not even going to go down that road. But empathetic that when others go through something, something mm-hmm. in my life gets triggered by it as well. Mm-hmm. So I have someone going through not a hard time, but a big change. And I feel like I have taken that. And I didn't realize it until today, even though I've been just been swirling in my head for two weeks that that is where it's based from. That because I feel for her in all of these things, it's affecting that portion of my life. Does that make sense? Whether it's mm-hmm. work-related, whether it's relationship, whether it's family, you know, like the that specific thing. But all that to say, it also makes me really irritable and just down. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what to do about that because I, there's nothing to really stop that from happening in my life. I can't block that. I used to when I was so pessimistic that I wouldn't let anything close to me, that I had a Mm -hmm. hard time attaching to anything. And I've talked about the fact that I'm pretty sure as a child, I could have been diagnosed with reactive attachment disorder. There's so many things to that based on my relationships, based on my reactions, based on my mistrust, based on my manipulation, like all those things. So growing out of that, growing into an adult and finding more empathy. And as I've gotten older, I'm like feeling more of my emotions and I'm just letting it out a little mm-hmm. more. But it's still hard to not be a curmudgeon. Like I'm getting into the <laughs> 40s and I'm like, yeah, I'm going to be the witch that gets stuck in her rocking chair on the porch screaming at the kids, get off my lawn. And they had to <laughs> spread rumors that I eat children. And really, At least really, you have a lawn. <laughs> yes, that's what I'm really hoping for. Someone's lawn. I don't know if it's mine or not. Who knows? Maybe I'll just be at the like local community garden screaming at kids. Yeah, Who knows? there we go. But like that's kind of the feel that I've gone through. And as I get older, I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'm going to dig into that a little more because it's really hard for me to function outside of that. My anxieties, my depression, uh, my all of that. I don't know, but I feel like people love me enough that they know that I'm loyal to them. So they mm-hmm. find me lovable for the moment. 
I find you lovable always. Okay, okay. <laughs> I'm going to go with it. Like, I pause because I'm like, eh, I can be a really big downer. We all know it, which is also why I'm like, I can't hang around people. <laughs> I think that's one of the reasons we balance each other out, though, is because I, it's hard for me to be a big downer, even when you should be a big downer, you know? Like, it's hard for me to voice, like, negative things. So I think together, <laughs> Do we you balance and I, each other out? <laughs> I'm the Debbie Downer, though, like, oh, God, is she coming? Is she going to talk about this? <laughs> that's when I'm, like, walking up the stairs whistling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Here she goes. But yeah, so I don't know if that's my brand or not, but I feel like I need to dig into it. Uh, I'm the one who makes the faces, sarcastic mm-hmm. one-liners, and then walk away and hope that I, that brought a little bit of a laugh, and then I move mm-hmm. on before people catch on to be like, oh, she's not joking. She's just a jerk. <laughs> yeah. I, I think that uh, you're very you're very loyal, and you're very caring, and you're very... I think you are also extremely compassionate and definitely very empathetic. But you... Like you, you, you I mean you're saying you're such a downer, and I know you say things that aren't happy, but <laughs> that's <laughs> fine. I feel like you uplift and encourage people. Uh, I have my moments, but yes, yeah. I, I do play the Debbie Downer pessimist role really well too. <laughs> like I would be Daria, and people love Daria. <laughs> they say they do. They like the idea of her. Mm. And then in reality, they're like, wait, you're an awful person. I feel the same way like Liz Lemon. Everybody really Mm -hmm. loved her for a minute. And they're like, she's the ideal. And then you really think about that type of person in your life 24-7. You're like, maybe she's not. Maybe maybe she's not. (laughs) Well, you know, you get those fictionalized characters. I think the point is that they're fiction. (laughs) (laughs) And they're a little elevated. I could be wrong. (laughs) Let's hope. Let's hope. Yeah, I think we should, you know, talk about how we are branded and what that looks like and our responsibility in that brand. I guess Christina and uh, Annie and everybody involved in our show, we need to think about our brand a little more uh, because it has changed. Like with different hosts, it has changed. Mm -hmm. Uh, Is it important? Not necessarily right now, but maybe it is something that we have to think about in the future as as we navigate this really odd field. (laughs) <laughs> no, no, it's always important. I remember uh, I have two points here. Uh, one, <laughs> I think we should return one day and talk about how toxic it can be for younger people, especially on social media, to think they have to build a brand on social media. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily toxic, but a lot of times it is. Mm-hmm. And that's something I really didn't have to worry about. I'm very grateful that I didn't at the time. Another is uh, our friend and coworker, Lauren, over from... The Saver podcast, but a bunch of other stuff. She does a bunch of stuff. She said one time she was like preparing for some kind of a photo shoot and she was putting on makeup and somebody there told her like, it's it's just going to be for social media or whatever. And she kind of like immediately jokingly said, it's for my brand. (laughs) (laughs) And how she feels such shame for that moment since this day. (laughs) Because she's not sure the guy knew she was joking. (laughs) (laughs) It's hard making one-off jokes. And then you're like, wait, I'm in a field where people may take that seriously. Right. Mm. And or like if somebody doesn't know you, sometimes your sense of humor can miss sometimes even if they do know you. (laughs) A lot. Yep. 
Yep. <laughs> we both like reach for our drinks. Mm. Well, cheers to cheers. us finding a brand or defying all the brands if we want to and drinking my creamsicle. Cheers. And congratulations on the cocktail invention. It sounds lovely. <laughs> it looks lovely too. Nice color. <laughs> well, and cheers to you listeners. Thank you so much for coming along this journey with us. As always, we would love to hear from you. Any cocktail recipes you don't mind sharing? Any any recipes at all, honestly, are, are welcome. Oh, yeah. They have some cookie recipes, by the way, on the site, Ooh, too. yes. Because you can bake with rum. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. That's good to know. Well, you can send those recipes to us at our email, which is stuff at iheartmedia.com. You can find us on Twitter at MomStuffPodcast or on Instagram at Stuff I Never Told You. Thanks, as always, to our super producer, Christina. She's a brand, too. She's cool. She's cool as hell. <laughs> she is. She's cool trademark. <laughs> um, and thanks to you for listening. Stuff I Never Told You is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. <laughs> 